We're back, going for two podcast, episode seven. Oh! I never thought we'd get this far. I believed in us. I believe in you still. And I believe that we can rattle through the NFC West, our final division preview of all eight divisions. Go back and listen to all the previous episodes if you want to hear our feelings and thoughts on all the other divisions. And we've also got, finally, a game preview. Our first one of the eight. Guys, it's finally here. Guys, girls, it's here. Oh, it feels so good, man. To it be does. able to be sitting there and watch NFL football on Thursday or Friday we made or it. Sunday. We made it. Yes. We survived all those lonely months, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah. Finally, we're here. No more preseason football. No more pretend results. When are you going to watch the Thursday night game? I've got a top tip for our listeners regarding the Thursday night game, and I will tell them about that when we get to the preview. Oh, you're teasing me. You're teasing me. Well, I'll tease you with my thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals, because we're talking about the NFC West, and uh, that's just a team I've chosen to start talking about. Arizona Cardinals, Nick, uh, decent O-line. That's a, a good thing to say about it. It's decent. It's serviceable, to say the least. This is the epitome of a team getting the band back together for one last go-around. Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, they're all coming back. This is their... They believe Jermaine last Gresham. season... They believe that last season kind of got away from them because they were on the doorstep of the Super Bowl the year before. Last season, because of some dodgy kicking, which I'll get into, they fell short and lost a lot of close games. This is the year that they feel that they can go straight back to that performance level and I think ultimately, for especially for people like Larry Fitzgerald, who has been absolute, no doubt, Hall of Fame superstar throughout his entire career, this might be his last chance for a ring. Is he going to get a chance, though, when John Brown, Jerron Brown and JJ Nelson are the receivers? Well, yeah, of course he is, because they've been rubbish. Even Bruce Owens has said it. He said that their receivers have been terrible. So how He's are they going to get a chance out. to go back? Well, right, exactly. So, I mean, he... The What's problem... the deal with John Brown? I know he's healthy, he's, he's back, fast. but can he be effective? Well, he had a real good breakout season, didn't he? When he first appeared in the league. Yeah. Like, who's this speedy receiver who gives him a genuine deep threat? And I'm not really sure what happened last season with him. But, um, you know, it was still the same old formula of throw it to Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Like, how many years has that been the Cardinals' offense? Oh, don't worry about it. Larry's got it. Yeah. I mean, if. They moved away from that last year when they said, let's give the ball and throw the ball to David Johnson. Oh, what a running, running back. back. Superstar running Fantasy back. Fantasy number one pick galore. Yeah, he's a dream. Um, and he's really changed the team to make them a really dynamic, interesting, uh, creative offense. I try I, lots of things with that. Yeah, it gives them a real good ground game. He's great out the backfield as a receiving weapon, so he's great um, you know, to give them options in short yardage when they need to pass the ball. Um I I just they can't be going into this season and having Larry Fitzgerald be the number one receiver again. He's well, a hall of, he's a Hall of Famer. They need to show progress. They need someone to step up. He is fantastic, but he should be a role player at this point because that should show how the offense has grown and it just hasn't. 
Yeah. Well, they are, so maybe that's not going to be boding too well for them. However, on defense, things maybe bode a little bit better. Honey Badger's back! Yeah. Yeah, in the backfield, uh, Honey Badger Tyron Matthew is back to play alongside his friend Patrick Peterson um, and Justin Bethel and Antoine Betha. Bethea. There we go. Yeah, so those guys in the back make a big difference, as well as the young guys who are helping out, like the rookie... Buddha Baker, uh, Tyvon Branch as well. There's there's good defensive backs and an excellent linebacking line. Uh, Hassan Reddick, the the first round rookie. Carlos Dansby, Marcus Golden, solid, really really good. Yeah. Oh, and Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's the uh, linebacker that he picked up, linebacker defensive end from New England. He's played very well since he's been there. They've also got Corey Peters. Nose tackle, Josh Morrow. It's a defense that last season, you know, didn't quite play up to the expectations. Obviously, just before that, it was seen as a defense that could almost compete with the kind of Seahawks level of performance. I don't think it's going to get there this season. But something that hopefully will perform much better this season is their kicking game. That's right, Chandler Cantanzaro has been cut. He's gone. They've brought in Phil Dawson, on-time San Francisco 49er. So many times last season, they came into close games where they lost it because they couldn't convert the kicks, or Canton Zero couldn't convert the kicks. If they have a, serv- mm. a, top, you know, a decent kicking game, then this season should look a lot brighter for them. Yeah. Was Andy Lee... He wasn't with them. No, he's he's just come now as well. Andy Lee, the punter, he came out of Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole new kicking game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was an area of weakness for them last season. Um, a real area of weakness. I think it ultimately cost them games last season. And was they weren't that far ultimately by the end of the season from the playoffs. And they could have been a wildcard team realistically uh, if the kicking had gone well. I'm not sure if they're wildcard though this season. Oh, they're a contender. They're they, they're, they're, a wildcard they're in contender. the mix. They're in the mix, but I, I can't decide. I want them to get there. I really, really, really would like to see Cardinals so in it, the playoffs. So in the NFC, the other wildcard contenders are the... anyone from the South, right? Um. So if you presume, I think the Falcons will win the divisions. So that would leave the Bucks, Panthers, and Saints could all theoretically get a wild card. Okay. Yeah. That's so not so, beyond the realm of possibility. Right. So they're they're battling with, but we're gonna say really they can't be battling with all three. Some one of those is gonna back off. So they're two really bad. Yeah. So they're, there's they're involved with two of the teams from I the south. I would say likely the Panthers and Bucks. I'd say likely the Falcons and Panthers. Because you think the Bucks are gonna win the division. Yeah. And. In the, no one's the coming east. out. No one at the NFC East. Oh, I. <laughs> they, they, they look like the Cowboys. Maybe Cowboy, be, Cowboys yeah. and Giants are the only two. Yeah, one of them is going to win, and the other one's in the battle for a wild yeah. card. And, and no one's north, no, no one's coming one. out the north. So there's four the teams, Packers. and and Arizona are in that four team mix. So yeah, I they should be there or thereabouts. Two of those teams are going to go to the playoffs. So I, two of those four. If you if you put. You know, if you had a four-way tournament between the Bucks, Panthers, um, Giants, and Cardinals, or Cowboys and Cardinals, I don't think the Cardinals stack up very well against those ten teams. I think, well, therefore, they might feel a bit short. But the NFC West is helped by having that super duper easy schedule. 
Oh, right. Well, that's the thing, yeah. If they can win, that, that's... They're the, playing the AFC South out of division, yeah. which means you get to beat the Colts and the Jags. So that's two easy wins. Yeah, the benefits... You've also got the Rams and Niners in division. So that's potentially six wins right there off the bat. Mm. Um, well, the fans will want that because they're going to be paying a lot of money to follow this team. It's been looked at. They are the most expensive team to follow in the NFL. It will cost you about $6,774 to follow the Arizona Cardinals. Really? Yeah. That's $1,400 on a season ticket. Beer, you're looking at spending about $114. Dollars or 114 beers? No, $114 on beers. $72 That's not on a lot hot of dogs. Over $1,000 on accommodation on the road. Really? And the biggest spend is $4,000 on travel to all these road trips. Well, this is always the problem if you're a West Coast team. You see, this is something that's slightly underrated as a factor in the NFL, is that there's far, far more teams on the East Coast, particularly the Northeast, than there is on the West, just if you look at the US geographically. It, that's why. So they actually do far more road miles a year yeah. than any than a lot of the teams. If you look at someone like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, you know well, they look, barely yeah. move out of state to yeah. go play all the division rivals. Whereas Arizona go all the way up to Seattle and then across to Los Angeles and then across to San Francisco. That's yeah. massive. They're massive trips. You mentioned the Steelers. They are the cheapest team to follow in the NFL. That's great, because yeah. I don't live in America. Yeah, a bargain $3,983. That's $3,983 to follow the Steelers. So, either way, you're paying a pretty penny to be a big NFL fan. Yeah, I mean, look, we've seen the prices of games at Wembley. It's an expensive sport to follow because there's only eight regular season games at home, so the ticket demand is huge. Thank goodness for Game Pass in the UK. Whoop, whoop. Next, let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely no playoffs, but you hear me say, I hear you say, Cal Shanahan. Well, let me counter that with, uh-oh. Brian Hoyer. Yeah, Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's not good. He's not a very good quarterback. He, so, once, he once had the Browns at 7-4, and four, which was impressive. Yeah, but is he... He's not one. Of, he's not no. a very good quarterback. I can't help say it in another way. They should have a better quarterback there when there's other quarterbacks. They had, they had a good quarterback once, didn't they? He was kind of like a tall, black guy. They had uh, your man... Uh, Colin Kaepernick, of course. Yeah, well, obviously, he left town. Now, admittedly, he wasn't playing great last season. Uh, they were never going to keep Blaine Gabbert around, because, let's face it, Blaine Gabbert. Um, so, they've been left with Brian Hoyer. Uh, and everyone's sort of saying, oh, right, don't worry about it, because Kyle Shanahan's the man. Kyle Shanahan's the offensive coordinator that's going to fix all our problems. But I'm honestly not that sure that you can do that much when you've only got Pierre Garçon as a serious receiving weapon, and he is a serious receiving weapon, and Carlos Hyde at running back. Pierre Garçon is a really good weapon, though. He, he was outstanding in Washington. I mean, he just does not get the love he deserves. 
But then look at the receivers outside of this. Marquis, yeah, good win. I've been waiting for Pierre Garçon to get out of the NFC so I can actually start liking him. I couldn't like him when he was at Washington. <laughs> as soon as he's out, I'm all on board the Pierre Garçon train. That is a really good... But they've got a lot of rookies on offense. And what we know is that they're not intending to win this year. These They're just like the Browns and the Jets and other teams like that. They're looking to build. Now, the Jets are probably not looking to build. They're probably just looking to crash and burn just you know? lose they're just offloading their best players so but the 49ers they're trying to build and i think that this looks like a decent team to build with if i was short kyle shanahan i'm look i'm quite happy especially on defense when you look and see that oh they've got... my goodness i had a look at this no one on their starting defense is below a fourth round pick and it includes six first round picks on their starting defense ladies yeah. and gentlemen that is a weapon yeah that is such no one's talking about the Niners defense they are going to be a force to be reckoned with i know they got more last season and you're just talking about starters and the second string they've got solomon thomas who was a first round pick this year backing up he'll ultimately he'll ultimately i know start. but there's players like that there they have got a lot of young Elvis Dumerville? players yeah Elvis, he's i know there. he's at the back end of his career but still yeah and you've got Navarro Bowman. He's there as well to have a bit of experience and a wisdom for the young guys to look up if, to. If you don't know who Ruben Foster is, he's like Navarro Bowman again. Straight oh, out of Alabama. He's an incredible linebacker. Easily the best linebacker in college, I thought, last season. He instantly should make an impact from day one, along with Solomon Thomas. That's two rookie first-round picks that should both contribute from day one. This t is a team that is going up. Yeah, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Reuben Foster, Solomon Thomas. They're just some of the guys, um, the young lads, who are going to be making a difference on the San Francisco 49ers team this year. Um, there's a couple pieces on the O-line as well to be feeling good about. Joe Staley, Zane Beadles, yeah. uh, Daniel Kilgore. They're good things to build on um, to start employing an offense where you work at a fast speed like Kyle Shanahan likes to do. You know, you've got the options to put it out there quick to Pierre Garçon, let his feet do it and pass it out to Carlos, to Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe I've been harsh and thinking the 49ers were going to be awful. Maybe they've got a chance to be okay and show sparks of being good next year. I think they're one of these teams that will be competitive probably early in most games. I could see you get into the okay. first quarter, maybe the half, where their like base talent is strong enough to keep up with a lot of teams. But then when they get to the third and fourth quarters, they're fundamental. Just, they don't have the depth there at the moment to succeed. So they'll ultimately fall short. But I could see them being like a really good four or five win team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know it seems no, weird I to say you. that they're a really it. good four or five win team, but for four or five, I think they'll be they'll look better that's than how, their win total will actually work out. That's how I see Cleveland as well. Right, they're, they'll be a good looking four or five win team. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see the same. I thing think that, I think the pair of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if either of them. In fact, no, one of them will get more than five wins. Really? Yeah, that's a, that's my prediction. I reckon one of them. I don't them know if is that's that bolder prediction now that I think it back. It sounded bold in the moment, but now I'm not so sure. Okay, well I'll try and work harder on that. Um, George Kittle, who is their starting tight end, the fifth round pick. 
Um, and it's because Vance McDonald was traded to the Steelers. Yes, I, this was a surprising move. I mean, Vance McDonald had a lot of promise in the 49ers. He, ultimately, they obviously thought that he was worth moving on from. I know that I'm happy to see him in Pittsburgh. Uh, because that's not been a great position for us since Heath Miller obviously retired. Um, so I guess I guess this is another sign that they're building because they can afford to take the draft pick, yeah. lose a player for this season that might have helped them this year, but ultimately long term, like he won't be there in two. He wouldn't have been there in two or three years anyway. No. That's when they're aiming for. Yeah, they. From what we can see, they're going to be bad to mediocre this year but going forward they've certainly got a lot of talent to build with speaking of a team that's got a lot of talent to build with and a very talented former redskin just like the 49ers had it's the rams now the rams i have just noticed that the rams are so bad and so forgettable that i have forgotten to have a look at them <laughs> they just went out of my mind. Ross, if this was last season, I'd have completely agreed with you. In fact, I would have actively done anything to leave a Jeff Fisher coach team off a season preview. However, let me tell you, there are reasons why you should be excited for the Ramsey season, and it starts with former Redskin Sean McVay at head coach. He was the reason that Kirk Cousins looked so good in Washington, as everyone is about to find out this season. Can he do the same for Goff? They've just added Sammy Watkins. They've got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, who's been making strides yeah. in camp. I think that's got... the one that we need to be more excited about. Cooper Cup. I mean, they've also got Tavon Austin. So you know what? As a four receivers, oh, and I thought Pharaoh Cooper when he came out last year. I thought Pharaoh Cooper looked like something good. Right. So all of a sudden, their offense looks interesting, and they've got a coordinator who isn't involved with Jess Fisher, so he has some level of competence. Right. Jared Goff looked pretty terrible at times last season. He, he just didn't look ultimately ready to start, and that's partly because of the type of offense he came from in college. is nothing like an NFL offense. Um, Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line, protecting him, that should give him a little bit more support. But the offensive line never did a great job last season of opening up any holes for what is ultimately their biggest and best playmaker, Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah, great running back. Shows he's got amazing speed, strength, uh, vision, but when he's not got a hole to run in, it doesn't matter how well you can see it, it's not there to run in. Yeah, I mean, last season, it, you, we also have frustrated he was. Um, and we're just hoping that, really, they can step up and really let him be the player that he should be. Because when he first landed in the league, he looked like he was going to be the next big thing at running back. He exploded out the gates. And then, since then, he's just disappeared. But I blame that more on the Rams and their former coaching staff than I do Todd Gurley as a as a player. What um, about the defense then? They've massive, got... massive, massive story that's not been talked about. Wade Phillips is at the Rams. Surely that's a story you're talking that's about. That's a massive story, but an even bigger story. Really? I thought. I mean, I think before we you give that big, big story, oh, we're going to hold the attention, listeners. Wade Phillips being there, that's massive, isn't it? Did you know that in the last nine teams that he's become the coordinator of, they've, they've gone, to the, gone, gone to, to the playoffs. playoffs in the first season he's been with them. Now, yeah. I don't expect that record to continue. Sorry, Wade, this team. 
but that defence is going to get a lot better. Michael Brockers, Connor Barwin, Robert Quinn, Alec Ogletree, really good de uh, defensive players. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner as well. And they've got, what, five safety, uh, five rookies there. So, yeah, there's something to, to play with and something that could develop under a really good defensive coordinator. Ross, who's missing off that depth chart? Go on. Have a look. Look it out. He's having a little listeners. You know, look at, especially at D-line. Oh, of course. Aaron Donald yeah, is currently Donald, still not yeah. reported. This is being taped on the Tuesday before the season starts. If he doesn't report in the next five days, he will miss week one. He hasn't practiced with the team. How How is this still going on? No one's talking about it. He's their best defensive player. He could be a defensive player of the year candidate. I just feel like I'm constantly listing players who are defensive player of the year candidates, but well, it's, he is. It's, yeah. it's nice to finally give some defensive players a bit of the spotlight rather than always saying, oh, he's an MVP candidate. Well, you can only be an MVP candidate if you're a quarterback or maybe a really, really good running back. Or JJ Watt. He should have got it the year Aaron Rodgers got he it. He should have got it, and that shows exactly why you have to be a quarterback or an offensive player to win MVP because yeah. he definitely deserved it. But... Aaron Donald, I remember what, what the I, hell is happening? Yeah, he, well, he's, he's not happy. And I think, I mean, what is he not happy about? Is it the contract? Well, he is must it the team? Be, but, like, seriously, at what point do you not just need to turn around and just say, look, it's gone too late now. They know I'm upset. They are ultimately going to sign you at some point. They don't want to lose you because you're one of the best potential defensive players in the league. Just turn up to camp. It just to me this holdout just baffles me that it's still I was shocked to find out. Is there a gonna... massive need for him to turn up to camp? Le'Veon Bell has only just turned up to camp and he's gonna be starting. Yeah, but like... at least he's turned up. He turned up on September the first. That's five days ago. That okay. doesn't sound like that long, I admit. Now I say it, I do feel like that's not that long ago. But well less than he wasn't there. Days. Well, hang on. He wasn't there over the weekend, so he's really not been. Led Bell's missed no, right, right, just as much, okay. especially when everybody else has been there for like four or five weeks. That's true, but still, the fact that this situation still hasn't been resolved, and we're almost halfway through. It the will get resolved, week. though. Nobody's that bothered because it will get resolved. Because he'll just stroll in on the day of the game and be told, like, "Okay, here's all the money." Be, right, fine, cool. Where's my pads? And he'll just go and smash. That's just a terrible example. Like, how does that set? What kind of examples does that set to your locker room? Hold out all camp, turn up, and you'll get paid loads. Don't do any work while your teammates are slaving away at camp. Yeah, but we know loads of players do that. Like, Adrian Peterson would never turn up for camp and then would rush for 2,000 yards. I just uh, I just think it causes potential issues in your locker room because you've just got a load of people that are absolutely there working their tails off constantly. Players then... are easily forgived when they start performing. Yeah, I guess it is ultimately results business. As... I want to, I want to correct the word forgived. Sorry, <laughs> uh, players are very easily forgiven <laughs> once they start performing. My partner's an English teacher as well. Oh, that's oh, not God. good. Oh no, I know. No, not oh, you. No. We're we're not in a <laughs> an, a loving relationship. I love you as a friend, but my uh, my relationship partner. <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. I got She's an there. English teacher, so I shouldn't <clears throat> be making up words like uh, forgotted. Or forgiven. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, the Rams, finally, it's okay to enjoy them. Okay, well... Like, they were really boring in St. Louis. I look forward to enjoying them when I see them doing well. Until I see them doing that well, I'm going to be sceptical. And, um, yeah... Okay, I want them to do well. I want to see Todd Gurley do well. I want to see Jared Goff do well. 
Um, I want to see Cooper Cup and Farrow Cooper do well. Um, that sounds so, like a rap. Yeah, man. Um, I'm spitting bars and rhymes about the rhymes, man. I don't know if any yeah, of those no, that words didn't, that didn't go very well. Um, something that would be a real irony is that if they went seven and nine this season, yeah. that would be quite good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I'd take seven and nine if you're the Rams this season. <laughs> yeah. It's a step in the right direction. Jeff Fisher would be at home crying if that was to happen. He'd also be sitting at home crying if what is predicted to happen occurs, which is for Seattle to be the division winners. They'll predict it. They will be the division winners. I don't see any circumstances apart from Russell Wilson going down with a bad injury week one that this team does not win the division, sail into the divisional round of the playoffs. They have a great defense. They have a great QB. They have an underrated wide receiver core, and they're solid at running back. You there say they've is got no weakness. Well, you say they've got an underrated wide receiving core. Doug Baldwin is permanently underrated. Doug Baldwin is permanently underrated. I'll give you that. But is Paul Richardson and Tanner McAvoy? Tyler Lockett, don't sleep on him. Let's not forget that Jimmy Graham is at tight end and he's a pass catching option. No, he's and... not. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, of course he's a pass catcher. What are you talking about? No, he's not. He's not been very good ever since he left uh, Only because they don't need him to be. But, but he's... In fact, if anyone's decent on the tight end, it's Luke Wilson. Oh, you are talking rubbish. Yeah. No way. Jimmy Graham is still an elite pass catching tight end. I'll take Luke Wilson over him. I don't believe in Jimmy Graham. Oh my goodness, you're out of your mind, Ross. I've given up on him. Why would I why would I believe in him when all he's done is not catch passes, not have touchdowns, not He have catches those, the ball when it comes his open, way. And never blocks anybody. Well it's not a job to block. He played do you not know he played basketball? This isn't his first sport. <laughs> I know, but Nah, I'm not buying into Jimmy Graham. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I am buying into Thomas Rawls as a, as the running back. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's that. Like, I don't think Eddie Lacy is going to get 50% of the touches. Uh, I absolutely fully believe that Thomas Rawls will be the go-to back, unless he gets injured. And to be fair, he has been injured quite a lot recently. Yeah, and then they'll be passing it on to Eddie Lacy, who might be overweight and might not be able to do it, in which case they pass it on to CJ Procise, who... Doesn't play all three downs really, so we will also be wanting to involve Chris Carson, uh, and they've even got fifth running back, J D McKissick. 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 They're carrying five running backs. It's quite. I don't a lot. really. I don't really know why they're carrying five running backs. To be honest, it's because of that. It's because of the injury risk, the uh, inconsistencies, the the inability to play three downs. It, it's yeah. Um, fortunately, though, as we've already touched on, they've just added Sheldon Richardson to an absolutely loaded defense. Oh, the defense! Is is it the best defense in the league? On on a on paper, in terms of the the list of names that are there, it is the best. Whether it will end up being statistically the best at the end of the season, we'll see. But Michael Bennett, Sheldon Richardson, Cliff Averill, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas are all Pro Bowl level players on the starting defence. You didn't say Jeremy Lane. Uh, you also didn't say uh, Brad McDougall, Bradley McDougall, who came from Tampa Bay. He was good last year. He played a couple really good games uh, in Tampa and now he's backing up Earl Thomas. So if either Earl Thomas or Cam Chancellor go down... Bradley McDougall could come in and I think he can do more than a serviceable job. I don't really, I don't think you'll find, like, if you look at just a, a, a you know, a depth chart, a better collection of talent 
on a, a single unit, like an offense no. or a defense, then there is the Seattle. The Seattle defense is the best single unit, I think, in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the last season, Earl Thomas, he got injured and, and they really struggled. Yes. So yeah, now having, having Bradley McDougal come in, if that happens again, I don't think they'll struggle as much. Yeah, but he's not the same kind of centre fielder that Earl Thomas is. Earl Thomas is fantastic at tracking sideline to of sideline. Of course. I mean, field. yeah, you're saying, you know, you want, uh, I don't know, Marcus Rashford to come in when Lionel Messi gets hurt. You know, Lionel Messi's the best in the world. But Marcus Rashford, he's more than serviceable to come in and do a job. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree this is probably a better situation than they were in last season if he goes down. I just hope he doesn't because that defence is going to be terrifying. Yeah. No, they're not. They aren't going to lose many games, especially yeah. not in Seattle. Never, I mean, they never do. Don't have the best safety in the league, though. Who's the best safety in the league? Landon Collins. Oh, shut up, Landon Giants Collins. Homer. Oh, Landon Collins. Anyway, yeah, defense incredible. Um, the O line is terrible. It's crap, man. It's, it's always, always terrible. Crap. They brought in Luke Jokel from Jacksonville. That's never a good sign. But pff, yeah, no, no, that wasn't a good thing. He was, he was. Remember, he was taken as the second overall pick at left tackle, and he's now playing left guard for the Seahawks. Yeah. Oh, it's just not a good situation. All right, here, i got a picture for you to look at, okay? Um, Eddie Lacy has been... He left um, Green Bay because he, he was, was ineffective, and he was overweight. So he uh, was given a target this year to reach a certain weight, to get his weight down, and if he did that, mm -hmm. he got... Three hundred thousand uh, dollars plus in bonuses. Uh, he did that. He was able to reach that weight, and he was kept on the team. However, he's been photographed on the sideline eating what looks like a hot dog. Um, if you want to see the picture, if you go look at uh, Kyle one two one two six on Twitter, uh, he posted it on September third, about nine o'clock at night. Um, so you'll be able to see the picture now. Eddie Lacy has now come out and said, no, 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 I wasn't eating a hot dog. It was sunflower seeds. Nick, look at that picture and tell me, does that look like a, a hot dog? I've or never sunflower seen sunflower seeds? seeds that big. Oh my God. <laughs> and if it's a bag of sunflower seeds, I've never seen anyone hold it that direction before. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to tip them into your mouth. He's, 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 eating, a he's eating a hot dog. I really hope that's a hot dog. Just own it, Eddie. Own it. If you like food, so do I. Yeah, his, his actual quote, Eddie Lacy, was. How you mistake a bag of sunflower seeds for a hot dog, I'll never know. But I know, but I hope somehow you get the attention you were searching for, Kyle. God bless you. Right, no, I'm sorry, Eddie, but I'm with Kyle here. Um, yeah. That does not look like a bag of yeah. sunflower seeds. You're eating a hot dog. <laughs> you're fat and you're eating a hot dog, and that's why you're not going to be starting. You're going to be behind Thomas Rawls. There we go. That was us going around the league, and that was us going around the That's NFC all eight divisions pro previewed. Can you believe we made it? Man, yeah, it was good. So, with all eight divisions previewed, and only a couple days before the start of the NFL season, it's time for a Thursday night football preview. Right, we have got the Kansas City Chiefs. Sacrificial and, lambs, as I will call them for this segment. Oh, hang on a minute. And the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, the Super Bowl champions, traditionally are opening the season... At home. ...against the Kansas City Chiefs. That has been chosen to be the team that to go against That will be slaughtered them. on opening night, sacrificed to the football gods for the Patriots. All right. So, in May, 
I created. Uh, I predicted every single game of the league. This is absolutely true, listeners. I'm looking at the spreadsheet. And uh, sad but true. Yeah. Um, so I, I have my, my full playoff picture, which I'll tell. I'll speak to you about after we preview this game. Um, this game, I've got the Patriots winning. Yeah, of course you have. Everyone's yeah. got the Patriots winning. Who hasn't got the Patriots winning? Yeah. The Patriots are better in just about everything except for defense. Yeah. Well, I kind of break it down like this. I have when I'm trying to predict a game, I break it down to see: is the Chiefs' running game stronger than the Patriots' running defense? The defense that they would be trying to play to, to no. stop the run. No, I would say that the Patriots just it, it's almost like a scratch there because I don't think either is great. No. So, but I'll give the edge to the Patriots running but defense. Ultimately. This this is how I break them down. I talk about each team's running game against each team's uh, running defense and passing game and passing defense and special teams. So it's five categories that you can then balance up and see which who wins out of those five. And I've got it four one to the Pats. Yeah, I would agree. There's very little that uh, I think the Chiefs can do. Ultimately, no matter how well the defense performs, and I expect it to perform admirably. They're going into Foxborough, which has always been a tough place to win, which will be a raucous environment because I believe Roger Goodell is going to be turning up for this game for the first time since wow. the Playgate. I think that's the rumour. Okay. Um, the Patriots are going to hoist their fifth Super Bowl banner, which they had to build a whole new part of Gillette Stadium for because they ran out of room. Talk about first world problems. It's just, oh, it's just a massacre. I really feel for the Chiefs. You could have got anybody on opening weekend and you get stuck with the Pats. So I'm looking at last season's stats and seeing how they averaged. And on offense, the Patriots outstatted the Chiefs in every single category. They beat them on yards per game. They had more passing yards a game, more rushing yards a game, more points a game, more third down conversion percentage, more time of possession. On defense, however, the Chiefs outstatted the Patriots quite considerably in a lot of more categories. So they had they allowed fewer yards a game. They allowed fewer passing yards a game. They allowed fewer rushing yards a game. They allowed fewer points per game, uh, and they had a a better stopping on third down conversion. Yeah, I mean, for me, this just comes down to the fact that. They're ultimately very well balanced in terms of its strength on strength. So Patriots offense versus Chiefs defense. And then it's Chiefs weaker offense against the Patriots weaker defense. The only way I can see uh, the Chiefs winning this game... Is if is both by... Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo go down. No, I say, realistically, I can see the Chiefs winning this game if they can totally shut down the Patriots run game. And that's difficult. Yeah, and force longer passes by Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady is an absolute machine when it comes to short passing. Yeah, just quick slants, quick routes. He, but we're going to see what we are going to see in this game is how much the Julian Edelman injury is going to affect their offense. Yeah, this is the first game that we've not seen him, but Gronk's back, so you know. Yeah. Is it that much of a problem? And Brandon Cooks is going to be stepping in. Brandon Cooks in. is there. I think Chris Hogan will get the majority of the reps, though, ultimately in terms of targets. Danny Amendola will maybe catch some passes, but he, he's never going to be what you would expect from Julian Edelman. Um, I, I, I said that I had a the my best thing for this game. I, you know, I mentioned this 
last episode I said about there's only one thing to do for this game. You know, I had a, an important piece of news for our listeners. Uh, this oh, is a yeah. Pu- public service announcement, ladies and gentlemen. If you own Game Pass um, or if you want to get a free trial of Game Pass for seven days, you can do This Is One to Watch on Condensed the next morning. You don't need to spend more than 40 minutes on this game, trust me. Because it'll be the Patriots will be by two touchdowns at least. Is that what you're doing? You're watching it the following day. Following day, condensed. I am not staying up to watch the Patriots eviscerate the Chiefs again. Final score, Nick. What are you looking at? Final score prediction for me: twenty-seven fourteen Patriots. Twenty-seven fourteen. Hmm. Oh, I just I just don't think the Chiefs will get anything done on offense. I'm gonna say that the Chiefs are gonna get. Mm, a little bit better than what you're expecting. I'm going to put them about well, 20 points, and the Patriots will win 30, 30 to 20. Right, so you've got them winning by 10. I've got them winning by 17. Yeah, I, it's going to be somewhere in that area. Looking at the money line, it looks like it's eight and a half, nine points, the Patriots. So I'd say the over. I'd, I'd say that. Yeah, the... if you are into gambling, then. I'd say take the over. Um, I'd be surprised if it's. I mean, look, it's not inconceivable that it's closer. No. All right, you know, if you're if you're hardcore and you're thinking oh, I'm going to stay up for this game, and then here I am, just sort of like you know putting out that fire for you because you just realise it's going to be a terrible game. Look, there is a chance it's close, but just don't be shocked when the Patriots win. Right, so that is the Thursday night preview and we've gone through the NFC West. Let's spend some time now, Nick. Let's talk about our general look at how the season's going to be. Tell me, right, who is going to be in the Super Bowl? I would say, if I had to pick right now, from the NFC, the strongest team for me is the Seattle Seahawks. And for the AFC? Uh, the team that we just previewed and will destroy the Chiefs mercilessly on Thursday night, the New England Patriots. I'd love to say, I'd love to say it was the Steelers. I really would, but it's not. It's the Patriots. Right, so let's just go quickly through uh, the divisions then and see who you think is going to be winning the division and who you think is going to be coming in as a uh, wild, wild card. card, right? So AFC, AFC East. AFC East is the Pats and no one else. That's what I've got, Pats and no one else. Uh, South. AFC South is the Titans win the division. I think the Texans could be in the wild card race, though. Yeah, that's what I've got as well. I've got the Titans, Texans in wild card. AFC North. Steelers. Maybe the Bengals. Not sure about the Bengals. I think the Steelers will win the division. Not sure anyone else makes it. I've got the Steelers and nobody else. And in the West. It's got to be the Raiders to win the division, and I've got the Chiefs as the wild card. I don't believe the Chargers won't all get injured. I did this in May and had the Chiefs winning and Raiders as a wild card. And I'm going to have to stick to it. I don't want to have to stick to it. I want to change my mind, but I'm going to stick to my convictions. So I have uh, yeah, Steelers, Patriots, Chiefs, Titans, and then the wild card spots will go to Texans and the Raiders. You've got the Steelers as the number one seed here. I do. There is not a chance. I've got them as they're winning 14 games and the Patriots winning 13. No. No. The pa- Steelers will drop two games against teams that we have no like, business losing to. All right. NFC. Uh, we have the NFC West. We just spoke about. 
Oh, it's the Seahawks and... Oh, it hurts me to say this, but I don't think anyone else. Sorry, Cardinals. That's why I've got Seahawks and no one else. Uh, NFC East. Cowboys and Giants, I think both of them will get out. I don't know in which order. I would. My instinct says that the Cowboys would take the division, but I can just kind of see the Giants getting it overall. I will find out a lot on the first opening Sunday of the game. Uh, week, they play each other. Yeah, I've got, obviously, I have the Giants winning the division Shock. and uh, the Cowboys. I've got them getting a wild card. Uh, NFC North. The Packers, no one else. It's the Packers, no one else. Uh, and the NFC South. I am going with the Falcons to win the division still, and I think that the playoff team out of the South will be... Oh, this is tough. It is tough. It's a great division. I'm sorry, Cam. The Buccaneers. Oh, I have the Bucks winning the division and the Panthers... That's outrageous. ...getting a wild card spot as well. Um, so there's 12 teams that we think are going to the playoffs. We just gave you the AFC and the NFC we just ground up there. Packers, Giants, Buccaneers, uh, Seahawks, Cowboys, and I'm saying Panthers, Nick's saying Falcons. So, yeah. Uh, everybody else, it's game over. Go home. The season's over already. Um, yeah. It's certainly over for the, the Jags or the Browns. I'm going to give you some odds. Odds on for Super Bowl winners, Nick, and uh, let me know if any of these stand out to you. Patriots are the favourites at seven to two. That's fantastic odds for the Patriots. Yeah, take your, it. Your Steelers are ten to one. Nope, don't bother. My Giants are twenty-five to one. To be fair, if they play the Patriots, they they'll ultimately end up winning again. So you know, twenty-five to one is a great shout. Yeah. Um, longest odds are the Jets at five hundred to one, and the Niners at four hundred to one. Don't worry about any of that. Um, Only who, 500 to 1 is not long enough odds. If you're putting money on the Jets, I want 5,000 to 1. Okay, the first teams who have massive long odds that stand out to me are the Dolphins and the Lions. Dolphins are 80 to 1, Lions 66 to 1. If things break right for the Dolphins, that's a good No, chance. not the Lions though. The Dolphins, I could see it, not the Lions. Mm. Um, LA Chargers 50 to 1. Ravens at 50 to 1. They don't look great. But it's the Ravens. They're a, a team that has historically been a good franchise. They've won two Super Bowls in their short existence already. I don't know about that. Buccaneers forty to one. Don't waste your money. I'm having that. I'm having that. I'm taking it. I'm putting a bet on. Uh, He's live, actually putting this bet on, like yeah. as we speak. As you as we speak, it's happening. Um, yeah, I think that would be the guys I'd be picking out. I mean, what we got? Chiefs twenty eight, Panthers twenty eight, Denver thirty three, Raiders eighteen. Yeah, go on then. Um, Packers nine to one. Yeah, look, the favourites, you know, on Bucky's odds at the moment are Patriots, Seahawks, and Packers. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's look forward to the season. Oh. Oh, I cannot wait. Next time we talk to you, listeners, we will do our full Sunday and Monday night game previews. Uh, we're hoping to get this up on on Friday or Saturday to look out for that on Friday or Saturday so you've got all the games ready previewed for you we will preview every game yes even the terrible ones that's our commitment to you yeah so thanks for listening I'm on Twitter at Ross White W-I-G-H-T I'm on Twitter at Nick XK89 that's N-I-C-X-K-89 we're on Twitter at going for two at G underscore four underscore two if you've liked the show, if you've enjoyed it, 
please tell a friend, get on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps massively. If you don't like what we've said, come at me, bro. Come at me. Tell me what I've said that's so wrong.